So I'm so excited to have with me the amazing Yo-Yo. She um, is, I think, the best yoga instructor, in my opinion. And um, oh. obviously, I'm biased, you know, whatever. Uh, but, you know, I have seen your journey, you know, because, um, you know, we were working together and I've just seen you absolutely blossom, you know, over the past few months. And I think the fact that you own a yoga business um, is absolutely a dream of, you know, so many of us millennials, you know, we want to start a yoga business, but a lot of us don't even have the guts to. And, you know, when I see your Instagram, I'm just so inspired, you know, by how talented you are, how driven you are. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Lee. Yeah. So can you tell us what is the business that you have right now and who you help? Sure, absolutely. So um, I, uh, I am a yoga teacher and I'm also a student. So, um, you know, the people that I help or service currently are, you know, really people from every walks, everyday walks of life. Um, you know, I've had people that are just a couple months postnatal, like moms, and I've, you know, people who are like professionals, working professionals, um, you know, people in their 50s who have like maybe tendonitis or people who had like, you know, surgeries a couple of years ago who are recovering right now is using yoga as a supplement on top of their physical therapy. So really, I just have like, you know, all walks of life coming into my class. And I'm super excited to share this practice with them, obviously. Yep. That's amazing. So how did you get started with yoga? Um, I got started with yoga because of my best friend, Ro Patel. Um, she is also a yoga instructor, so I went to her class, um, and I was, like, instantly hooked. I was like, what is this? I want to get into it. <laughs> I want to get into this practice. And she connected me to a, um, a studio called High Energy Fusion Yoga in North Jersey, and then she subsequently connected me to my current mentors, um, which are three ladies by the name of Victoria Arvizu, Laura Kasperzak, and Gabriella Donerolu. And so, you know, these incredible women kind of just trained me to become the yogi and the teacher that I am today. That's amazing. So um, the fact that you, you know, we're talking extensively, and then you invest so much in your yoga practice as well. So what was the steps that you took to get to the level that you are at now? Um, so I would say, you know, just like any other skill sets, like, you know, when you are learning a new language or um, learning how to um, do a new software or program or what have you, like with anything, it's just about overcoming the learning curve with some consistent actions. And I would say that, and I'm still very new at it. Like, I feel like I'm still a newbie <laughs> at yoga. But I just love going to classes and to be able to learn. And then, you know, from class to class, I have home practice. I always, you know, do a little bit every single day at home so that I have my own, um, just to cultivate my own practice pretty much. That's and have this learning amazing teachers. Yeah. So did you always want to pursue the yoga path or like what was like your life stream when you were like a younger child? Um, it was very interesting because I, I was kind of like, I didn't know what I wanted when I was a kid. I actually, um, I played piano um, for many, many years. I think I've studied piano for 13 years and I've also majored in music when I was in college. So, um, you know, I've always thought that uh, I would have developed some kind of career relating to music. 
and um, that didn't really work out. So, but you know, what happens is that experience kind of taught me how to discipline myself. And I found a lot of comfort in developing a very set routine, um, you know, something that I can always come back to day after day, you know, like just just doing some work, like, you know, keep on grinding every single day, um, doing the basics. So, you know, that's, that's what I drew out of that. And, um, and this is, you know, I can relate music to yoga um, in many, many different ways in terms of, um, you know, from a disciplining perspective and also, you know, just finding what I really, really love um, because I am passionate about music, um, even though I'm not doing anything relating to piano nowadays. But I am also very passionate about yoga, and yoga is one such outlet that allow me to really connect with other people in a very, very meaningful way. I love that, and I know that you know you you were a teenager and you played at Carnegie Hall. That's like amazing. That's like you know the the pinnacle of the pinnacle. You know when they say you know how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Uh, like practice, 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 right? And you actually achieved that even when you were a teenager. So I can definitely see that, you know, you were uh, very involved and you had a high drive and, you know, I can see how you're disciplined so much today. So let's let's take a, a bit of a different track because this is, you know, immigrant CEOs. Uh, we do talk mm -hmm. about the CEO part, but also the immigrant part. So can you tell us, like, uh, where where did you grow up and what was that like for you? Sure. So, yeah, I grew up in Shenzhen, China, and Shenzhen is actually, um, uh, I believe what they call right now is like the Silicon Valley of China. And it's a very, very new town. I think they, you know, kind of rose up in, back in the 70s or 80s when Deng Xiaoping opened up the, uh, introduced the new economic policy into China. So I grew up in that environment where actually a lot of the, a lot of the people from um, different provinces within China would migrate to Shenzhen. So, you know, including my parents actually came from a different province called Sichuan, and then they went to Shenzhen um, in the in the mid to late 80s or so. And I basically was born and raised in Shenzhen, and I came here when I was about 13 back in 2003. So that's pretty much, you know, I finished my grade school in Shenzhen, um, had a pretty normal standard childhood, like middle class childhood. Um, and yeah, so that was that. And I came to the States with my I mom. I love that. Yeah, because I think Sunja, if you're, you know, Chinese or you're listening or you're watching this, it was like literally an economic miracle. I think probably even more Silicon Valley than Silicon Valley, if that's possible. But yeah, definitely a place where uh, people go to, you know, make it. And I love that. Um, so did you have any like, cultural shocks or like um, different sort of experiences when you first moved here? Because like I think 13 is an interesting age because, you know, becoming a teenager, um, it's very much like a pivotal part, I think, of everyone's lives, you know, transitioning from like a child into an adult. So what was what was that like for you? Um, I think just like, you know, with a lot of other immigrants, the challenges that we face when we first come here is pretty similar. Um, one of the biggest things was the language barrier because, you know, even though I, you know, I in China, obviously, we um, have English classes and I believe English is probably the only language that the school offers from like, you know, first to 12th grade until you go to college and then yeah. there's like other languages linguistic options and what have you but you know even though you have English as a class that you would take there it's not sufficient for you to really take that into U.S. and be like oh you know I can speak English yeah. American. yeah so you know that was like one of the hardest things for me because I was in the um 
um, ESL class for about three years, I think, and then I enrolled into a regular English class in like, you know, junior, sophomore year in high school. Um, but yeah, you know, just to be able to deal with, um, you know, like coming to a new country, learning the new language, uh, adapting to a new culture, and in the middle of adolescence, uh, it was just really, really crazy. And um, one of the one of the most, I think, interesting periods um, in that time at that time was the transition between uh, my mom and I uh, having our visa kind of like you know on the brink of being expired, and also like waiting for the green card application to be approved. So there was like in between, there was like a one month gap, and. It literally was like, yeah, it was very memorable because that one month gap, basically we almost couldn't find a place to live <laughs> because our old landlord basically refused to um, extend the lease. And then um, my mom eventually was able to find a, a basement in like, you know, a graduate student apartment because we live really, really close to the, um, the State University of New Jersey by the name of Rutgers. So, you know, she found, like, you know, the basement. So we're in the basement for, like, two weeks. And then for the rest of the two weeks, we moved into another family friend's home. And by then, luckily, the green card was approved. And, you know, we found a new apartment. And we moved in, et cetera. But, you know, it's just, like, you know, stressors like that. <laughs> that was happening. Yeah, so. That's amazing that, you know, it's just, you know, cinch of time. And then you were able to accomplish that. I can't even imagine how that must have been. So that's pretty incredible. And you mentioned actually the school that you actually eventually went to. So, you know, for a lot of people watching, um, you know, it's kind of like your, I mean, that's how I felt. Like I felt like I was a parent sometimes because I had to, you know, make sure that I told my mom, okay, this is what you do. This is what you don't do. Um, what was it like, you know, being the first of your, I'm assuming, um, is that true? Like, were you like the first of your family to figure a lot of things out in the U.S.? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Because, um, um, you know, my mom and I were the only ones here. And aside from us, there's no one else in America, like, you know, from our family at the very least. So, yeah, I am pretty much the first person who have to figure out a lot of things by myself in terms of getting to college and, you know, just navigating socially and et cetera. Mm -hmm. So what was, and you're an only child, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what was it like going through um, college? Did you feel like, okay, this was a major that I want to take, this, take um, this is the path I want to do, or did you have to do some exploring? Yeah, I, yeah, there's definitely explorations to be done in college. And I've, um, you know, I, I, like I mentioned before, I've studied piano for many, many years. So I've known that, you know, in college, I wanted to do something about that. And that's the reason why I wound up being the, the music program from uh, Mason Grove's uh, School of, the School of Music and Art. And um, I, aside from that, I also decided to just take a lot of classes that, you know, are kind of like general requirements you got to take as a freshman and sophomore to get your, you know, requirements over with. But, you know, I just took different classes just to try, you know, like, you know, what major would spark my interest. And eventually I wound up um, majoring in sociology as my second major in college. Mm. That's absolutely fascinating because I think you've taken a lot of like almost like 
non-traditional routes you know what i mean like you know when people uh come to the u.s they want like really really practical degrees and now you're off you know starting your yoga studio so um did you were you always like this confident knowing yeah yeah i'm gonna start the yoga studio i'm gonna do this or was it different for you uh did you mean like did i always envision myself having a yoga studio or or just like, like the confidence to do it right because i think a lot of people say okay i'm gonna start a business like in five years and then like you know the fourth year of them saying that they still don't do anything right um uh, but you mm -hmm. you know you're really young and you're you know starting your you know yoga business and it's not really traditional so you know did you feel like you always had the confidence to go for it um did you face any like backlash from your friends and family or did you just not tell them uh, like you know what what was what was the process like for you mm, i think you know i i really hesitated to begin the yoga business i mean it's it, i i would be dishonest to say if i'm not afraid because <laughs> i am <laughs> there is fear for sure um but i think it really comes down to um, your your intention, you know, where are you coming from when you decide to begin a business? And um, with yoga, which is a very, very big passion of mine, um, I, I think about, you know, how it has really benefited me along my journey. So, you know, how can I then translate that um, for other people, you know, so that other people can reap the same or similar benefits like I have done. And, um, you know, I have a lot of confidence in the practice of yoga, you know, because I personally, obviously, I am a, a practitioner. But, you know, like, going into the business for me was really a decision I made because I want to be able to cultivate my ability to influence people and to be able to serve people. Mm -hmm. So that's the reason. And that desire, when that desire outweighs the fear of, oh, what if I fail? then you know i just decided to go for it because innately i feel like um i would say that i'm a person not of confidence per se but i've always been curious you know i've always been curious um when i began yoga i didn't know how my practice was going to look like i was just fascinated by all these people doing crazy things on instagram poses <laughs> and you know like their videos i was like oh my gosh i don't think i can do that but you know i'm curious so I'm curious as to, you know, like, what if I can do it? What, like, you know, what, what outcome uh, would, would, uh, would show up? And, and so, you know, once I embarked on that journey with very consistent and small, simple actions on a day-to-day basis, um, all of a sudden results started to show in my own personal practice. And I think that, you know, in business, it's very similar. You know, I'm also very curious as to how, how where is it going to lead me? Um, how is it going to look like a year from now, two years from now? Um, and, you know, I don't know yet, but, you know, I have a desire. I have an idea of where I want to go. So I think that's, that's where I'm coming from at this point. I love that. So you talked about uh, some of the benefits of yoga. So, okay, so full disclosure, I'm very, very bad at yoga. Like, I don't know how to hold poses. So this is like also kind of for my selfish reason to learn from you. So what were some of the benefits that you saw, like, not only physically, but like maybe like in your I don't know, like social life, relationship with your body? Like, what were some of the benefits that you saw with yoga? Sure, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, yoga definitely, or the particular style of yoga that I've learned, which is called high energy fusion yoga, 
um, developed by this lady by the name of Victoria Arvizu is uh, a very, um, um, I guess, like a very non-traditional approach to yoga because she took many different styles of yoga and also just movements in general and then fused into a style that's very playful and very approachable for people our age. <laughs> so, um, so I think that, you know, not only does it, you know, help you to build up yourself physically to become more fit, but every single class I've taken from her and, you know, from, from the instructors from that studio, what happens is um, in the beginning of the class, there's a few minutes that we spend on grounding, which is really a very fancy way of saying setting your intention for something. Like, you know, uh, maybe the idea could be, oh, you know, today we want to work on um, building our confidence or today we'll want to work on paying attention to small details, paying attention to setting up your foundation. You know, like just some, something like that where you set your intention for the rest of the class to work on um, aided by the physical practice. So, you know, I realized that once I started to take those intentions and messages and, and really life hacks, you know, into my own life and started to apply to my life, I realized the the power that we hold as individuals to really customize the lifestyle that we desire so you know yoga in a way um you know when i think about it um it truly kind of just helps you to align yourself physically and mentally because with with a physical practice as well as a meditation practice it helped me to increase my awareness of um or gaining access to my inner strength so that's what I really love about it, because the physical practice is just a very tangible and a very powerful reminder um, of, of what your intentions are, where that mental clarity is. Yeah, and I love the physical aspect of it, because I see your Instagram, and it's like, wow, how does she get into those poses? Because they're absolutely amazing. So um, I, I know we're going to drop it later, but can you share with us your Instagram? Because I think it's just so amazing, so people can have a visual oh. of when they're listening to this. Um, so, like, you want me to share about how, like... Yeah, what's your I handle? Mean? What's your handle for Instagram? Because I think people just need to see it, like, just as an accompaniment <laughs> to everything. Thanks. Yeah, so my Instagram handle is called yoyo.yoga. Uh, it's spelled as Y-O-U-Y-O-U, which is my first name, yoyo.yoga. So yeah, that's my Instagram. Yeah, I love the alliteration. Yeah, please, everybody, please just look at our Instagram because that totally, the, the physical part of it, I'm just amazed, you know, you post very frequently and I see that, wow, you know, just so much athleticism involved in it and so much like calm and peace and just the marketing part of it you just knock it out of the park and i love the fact that you address the spiritual alignment so can you explain uh more like you know maybe this is the best way to put it like before you practice yoga what were maybe mm -hmm. some of the mental how do i say this like mental blocks yeah the mental blocks that you had and then after practice what made it how did it make it easier if that makes sense right yeah, I think, you know, I've always, um, and I don't know if it's just a problem that I face myself as a, as a, as a woman or as an immigrant, um, but a lot of times I felt very doubtful. I felt very um, doubtful of my own ability, uh, my competence or confidence in a sense. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, with, with yoga, once again, you know, talking about the intention, you know, if I want to set an intention in the beginning of in the beginning of my practice that I want to cultivate more confidence on my mat by, you know, doing, you know, like conditioning exercises or like a flow or a sequence. Um, 
then once the intention is established, the physical practice really is just a physical reminder. It becomes a reminder, right? Because we're constantly challenging our body in unique situations and conditioning it to bend, to flex, to strengthen. And then we can translate those movements into a frame of mind and to tackle um, life's challenges and adversities that may come our way. So, you know, so that's just how I feel about that. And that's the reason why I love keep on going back to my mat like every single day, just to be able to, you know, give myself um, that, you know, that, that reassurance and, and confidence. I love that. And I'm sure you impart that to your students as well. So um, uh, what were some of like the biggest changes that you've seen in your students? Like, you know, did you notice their posture change? Did you notice that their mood lifted? Like what were some of the, you know, benefits of, you know, doing, doing the practice with you? Um, I think the biggest difference that I can see my students, and mind you, you know, they, they come, yeah, there's regular students that come to every class and then there's like, you know, new people, new faces that I see every single class as well. Yeah. Uh, so I can, I can just give you the, you know, what I see within one class, the difference within one class is a lot of the times, you know, when people come to yoga class, they may just had a long day, you know, maybe they just had a long day at work um, or maybe they just had something going on in their life that's bothering them. And that they're coming to yoga to be able to alleviate, you know, to find some um, mental calmness or peace or clarity. So, you know, what I love to witness within one class, which is usually 60 minutes or 90 minutes, is that shift of energy in my students. Because when they come in, first come in, they may be like, you know, like maybe in a bad mood or, you know, whatever, uh, or like, you know, kind of scrambled. Um, but, you know, after we go through this practice of, um, you know, breathing and moving with our body, linking the breaths with our movements at the end of the class when they lay down in Shavasana, which is the corpse pose, like, you know, the resting pose, basically, finally, where you just rest up on your back and you kind of, like, you can take a little nap there. But, you know, when you see them in that pose, you're like, oh, okay, I think I help them to, like, you know, like, relax and, like, you know, finding, just restoring some equilibrium. Um, within themselves and that's what I really really love to see. Mm. I love that. So um, for those of us watching actually you invest a lot in yourself you know you go to retreats you invest in different yoga teachers. Um, Were you ever feeling like um, you know I don't know if I can do this I don't know if that's right for because you literally traveled to Costa Rica you know to be able to participate in this training so were you always very much into you know investing in yourself developing yourself or um did you kind of gradually up level you know okay I can go to this retreat now it's because oh, you do invest in some you were like there for like a few weeks right uh, about 12 days. 12 days, yeah. Days. So how do you decide to make investments in different uh, yoga mentors? And what was what was that experience like? Mm, I think, you know, when I decided to invest um, in myself, it's just, you know, like I, I come down to this, um, and this frame of mind that, you know, you cannot give what you don't have. So, mm-hmm. you know, I have to, I have to up, 
my education so that I can impart those knowledge to my students. So if I don't invest into myself, then I'm really doing a dishonest, I mean, disservice for, for others and I'm going to come across this. Um, so that's the reason why I decided to, you know, on top of finishing my 200-hour training, I decided to continue with the, with the teacher's education and traveling to Costa Rica um, to complete this intense module, you know, for uh, 125 hours within 10 days or 11 days or what have you. Um, and, you know, why do I invest into my mentors? It's because, you know, they have the results that I want. Um, for example, you know, all of them have like tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands. And Laura has like, you know, 1.2 million followers on Instagram. Um, so they have massive amounts of followers and, you know, they can direct traffic online, obviously, because they are all endorsed athletes, you know, by companies like Aloe Yoga, which is a very well-known um, athletic yoga clothing line. Um, so that's that. And then they also have their sought-after teachers around the country, around the world, because they travel to places to conduct workshops or teacher trainings, for example. Um, so, you know, obviously I take a look at them and I was like, okay, well, they have the results that I want. They're living the lifestyle that I want. So it makes sense for me to really follow their path and to pick their brain. Um, so that's the reason why I decided to take, you know, time, money, energy out to invest into myself and to go take this module. That's great. So you mentioned briefly about your Instagram. I know I'm not going to shut up about this because it's so amazing. So can you share with us, like, how do you get started on Instagram? Because I see you in crazy poses. You know, I don't even know who's holding the camera, but you, you just look so cool. Um, so can you share with us, like, how do you um, market on Instagram? Like, because I almost, I see your feed all the time. Can you share with us some of your expertise on how you're able to build such an amazing presence on this platform? Oh my gosh, thank you so much, Lee. I feel like, you know, I'm really, really new at this and I'm not the best out there yet, but I will get there. <laughs> well, Vera, but, this is know, new. I'm, I'm like amazed to see what's like, you know, <laughs> pro status. Oh, thank you so much. Um, I think, you know, first of all, if you want to build a business on Instagram, it makes a lot of sense for you to register a business account um, because Instagram does offer that option. So I believe you have to make like a page um, through Facebook and then register that page onto your Instagram. And then once you set your Instagram account in a business setting, you can actually uh, receive a lot of stats. For hmm. example, you'll receive stats on, you know, the obviously the numbers of followers, but the breakdown of the followers in terms of their age group and their demographics and also their activity level. For example, you know, on Sunday at around noon, like, you know, people are very active for whatever reason. And, you know, like on, on Monday, maybe nine o'clock is when people will get on their Instagram very frequently. You know, so you can see those stats and then you can also see, you know, for example, the uh, numbers of unique accounts that visit your posts or numbers of users that actually save you your posts um, you know so you can see those statistics but you know I would say um, before you worry about the, the marketing strategies on Instagram um, you can also think about the content that you want to put out so you know spend some time invest time into um, creating the content because Instagram ultimately is a very visual tool and yoga, what, now, what it is nowadays, you know, you kind of evolve into like a very um, visual and aesthetic appealing 
type of um, sport or like a fitness regimen. So, you know, that's the reason why. And I'm very lucky because my teachers are absolutely amazing photographers. A lot of my friends, people that I train with, yogis that I take classes with, happen to be photographers. Oh, okay. That's why. Okay. Can we go take a photo shoot like at some point? And so, you know, and then we take photos. And, you know, for me, you know, what I do is it's with those photos, number one, or videos, number one is is I can use them as a promotion. Like, you know, like think about it as a a flyer, you know, say for example, if I am um, looking to teach a class um, a week from now, or if I am looking to do a workshop, you know, a couple months from now, what can I do to market myself? Well, I can do that via a post with a picture with, you know, the information that you want to put out to your audience to you know, just announce it to them that you're going to do this and they should yeah. come check it out, etc. So that's number one. And number two, you know, a picture or video for me is literally for me, is like a visual diary for me to document my own journey. And people love seeing that because, you know, for example, one of the, um, a uh, very popular Instagram hashtag is called Tuesday Transformation. Ooh. So, you know, Tuesdays, you know, people will literally put up, like, you know, like a picture side by side or a video side by side comparing, you know, where they were maybe a couple months ago or a couple years ago compared to where they are today. So, you know, people love witnessing a journey. People love being able to connect with users on Instagram or accounts on Instagram that can uh, make a very genuine connection or strike like an emotional chord. So, you know, that's, that's basically how um, I utilize Instagram right now. (laughs) You're so cool and so hip. I love it. Like I'm learning so much, you know, the analytics, I didn't know about that. I'm learning so much from that. So yeah, because I mean, I think um yeah I'm kind of weak on Instagram seriously like I don't I don't have a game going strong um so yeah but I do. I, yeah definitely I'm gonna I'm gonna steal all the tips I hope everybody watching realizes how awesome the tips that you just shared you know it register the business account you know um be able to you know get people to like you know take pictures for you um, and, you know, use that promo, repurpose it. And then the other question I have is like, how do you find your hashtags? Cause I look at your hashtags and it's like, wow, they're so specific. And, you know, a lot of people like your stuff, obviously, you know, cause it's really great content, but also, you know, one of the things that confused me always was just, you know, how do you find hashtags are cool? Like, you know, Tuesday transformation, I didn't even know that was a thing. So how do you do your research, um, to get, uh, people's eyeballs to, to your account? Yeah, once again, I think, you know, it's just about checking out people that have the results that you have. So, you know, for example, I follow uh, people that are, you know, quote unquote, the the public figures on Instagram because they have like, you know, millions of followers. And so I check out the hashtags that they use. And then, you know, you can also Google it up and just you. Google up, like, for example, the, the uh, most frequently used hashtags on Instagram. Instagram usually allows 30 hashtags. So, you know, what I do is, is I take a look at the hashtags that relates to my industry. For example, you know, the fitness industry or the Instagram yogi community. Um, and then I also want to make up my own hashtags because, um, you know, ultimately it's about branding yourself out there. And so, you know, for example, because my Instagram handle is yoyo.yoga, one of my hashtags is yoyoyoga. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's pretty much how I went about, you know, just doing some hashtag research, but I think, you know, uh, you know, aside from picking out a hashtag, once again, it really comes down to, you know, how do you want to really engage with your followers and how do you want to set yourself apart with the posts that you put out every single day or every other day? 
how do you set yourself apart? And that's something you really have to think about, not just relying on the hashtag and then by itself, but how do you want to relate to, you know, your targeted audience? So, you know, for me, my targeted audience is the yogi community. So I have a lot of hashtags relating to yoga. I have like, you know, IG yoga life, uh, yoga every day, like yoga every damn day or something like that, <laughs> yoga everywhere, you know, like IG yogi yogini like you know so those kind of things and i think you know with every single community out there there is certain hashtags that they use so you just have to you know like once again find the users that have a lot of followers and then check out their hashtags and then do a little bit of research online create your own and you know just combine the two you know once in a while switch them out see which one you know like give you more response and receptivity and then just stick with that so it's always like a constant refinement Mm, I love that you actually know, you remember all the hashtag names and, you know, you can, <laughs> <laughs> you can repeat them. Uh, so that's great. So, yeah, for a lot of people, I think, you know, when they look at your account, maybe they're like, wow, um, I don't know how to reach her. Because for somebody else, like, for, at least for me, like, you are like the results that I want, you know, for my Instagram account. So for, Ooh. you know, those people, seriously, yeah, because um, you're doing great on there so for those of us who maybe think oh it's going to take too much time it's going to take too much management like how much um effort do you put into managing your instagram and how do you have a routine for it or is it just like a habit for you like how do you manage it along with your practice mm, yeah sure absolutely so you know once again instagram is about pictures and videos so what you can do, uh, or what I'm doing currently, is, is I'm building an inventory of pictures. Mm. So, you know, that doesn't mean that I have to, like, you know, take pictures every single day. That means that, you know, like, out of one photo shoot, let's say, I can get 20 pictures or 10 pictures even. And then, you know, I will just space it out. You know, I'll post one picture every other day. And then in between those days, maybe I'll put up uh, my personal practice of a video or something. Um, and so this way, then it becomes a little bit more manageable. It's not something like, you know, you have to do every single day. It's just that, you know, you want to have certain things in your arsenal so that when you do want to post, you're not like, you know, like you're not running around looking for a picture. Um, so that's what I do. And then also with the hashtags, yeah, there's a lot of hashtags that I use. Like, I, I think I pretty much use 30 hashtags every single post that I have. I mean, that doesn't mean that you have to type it in every single time. You can just keep a list of hashtags in your notes and then just copy and paste. And if there are certain hashtags that you want to adjust, you know, do it. But you don't have to do it all over again, like, every single time. So, you know, just getting to those routines is really not that hard. But, you know, like, I, I would say that definitely do develop, you know, if you want to use Instagram as a marketing tool, then do develop a routine or a habit of posting regularly. Getting to that habit regularly would also kind of like, you know, way condition your audience. Like, you know, they would they would expect to see your posts, like, you know, at around 10 a.m. every morning or like 9 p.m. in the evening. You know, they would want to see it. So you're providing that content for them on a, on a regular basis or habitual basis. Um, and then you can grow your audience that way as well. I love it. I love the productivity tips here. It really applies to everything, you know, repurposing it. So making sure that, you know, you save up and you can drip it out. So I do love that. Um, so, you know, I'm sure that you work with a lot of students all the time. Um, what are your favorite types of people to help? Mm, my favorite, I mean, I can't really say per se, like right now, what my favorite people are, because um, I think, 
you know, like people come to yoga for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, some of them just want to get a sweat out of it. You know, they just, all they want is just, you know, like, let me work out, let me sweat on my mat, and that's all I need. And then other students may come because they want to make friends, because, you know, in a, in, in a classroom setting, um, I really want to, like, you know, what I'm aiming for and what I'm striving for is to be able to create an environment where people can really mindfully connect with each other and to work with each other because a lot of the times in my class, I will provide partner exercises. Okay. So, you know, people coming for that, you know, social aspect in the class. And then you also have students who like, you know, the, the more spiritual aspect, you know, the intention setting and et cetera. So um, I really can say, you know, who are my favorite group of people to teach? Um, but I can say that, you know, I love people who want to help themselves because, you know, you, you can't, you can't make a horse drink the water that they are not thirsty for. You know, like there's obviously something that they're looking for and there's something that I can offer for them. That's great. So I'm curious to hear this from you. So what motivates you? Hmm. What motivates me? That's a great question. <laughs> mm. I think, I mean, you can you can look at us from different perspectives. I mean, obviously, there's the external, um, extrinsic motivation versus the internal motivation. Um, you know, obviously I like nice things. I want to make money. I want to be able to enjoy a lifestyle where, you know, I have control over time and money. Um, and then there's also the internal factors of, you know, I want to live authentically. I want to live a meaningful life. I want to make a difference. So, you know, those things are, you know, things that motivate me, I think, to just, you know, do something every day so that I can get closer to, you know, the life that I really want. That's awesome. So a lot of people watching, you know, like you said, you know, now it's not just one type of audience. um, But for, you know, a lot of people who, you know, look at you like, wow, you know, I love yoga, I wish I could start a practice or like they, you know, are, you know, moving to a different country or like going through some sort of a life stage or transitioning into something that's like, really their sole passion. Uh, But maybe they're scared, maybe they're like, you know, on the fence. Uh, What kind of advice would you give to them? Right. So yeah, a lot of people would say, oh, no, yo, yo, I can't do yoga because I'm not like flexible like you are or like I'm not strong or what have you. And I was like, girl, that's the reason I need to do it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah, because like, honestly, you know what, it's just, um, just like any other challenges and difficulties in your life, um, you know, it's how you want to look at it. Because a lot of the times, you know, you have to choose to honor what's difficult or what's challenging because they are what's exactly needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and my biggest recommendation for someone who looks at yoga and say, oh, shit, like I can't do it because I'm not enough about this or that, is just to give it a go. You know, go to a yoga class, um, you know, uh, have a professional teacher, instructor who know how to guide you, like, in a safe way to you know do your practice and then you know nowadays too there's so many online classes that you can check out so if you're feeling like self-conscious because you don't go into a room and you know interact with other people well then try some online classes as well and just start from somewhere um and you know I, i think i'm very very lucky that uh, you know, when I found yoga, I found a studio and the teachers that I resonated with right away. 
so that's the reason why I feel like my practice has was able to grow so quickly is because I have like really incredible mentors in my life. But you know, I've also heard of the stories where people bounce from one yoga studio to another, they switch from like you know one teacher to another. They found they went through like five teachers until they met the one. <laughs> so I'm. But it's just like that, you know, like when it's kind of like job or like relationships and what have you, you just have to find the right fit. So, you know, once you found the right person to study with, um, then just stick with it. Stick with yeah. it. Just yeah. You're going to get better at that. That's great advice. Love it. Just, you know, when you find the one, you know, stick with that because it's the persistence, you know, you have to keep going. So is there anything else you want to share with the audience that you didn't get a chance to talk about? Anything else? <laughs> I don't know. I think you're asking really, really great questions. Thanks. <laughs> but yeah, this is great. That's great. So, you know, for those of us who want to connect with you more, you know, maybe they want to sign up classes um, with you. Um, how can we get in touch? Yep. So I, um, I post very regularly about my schedules on my Instagram account. So, you know, if you're following me on my Instagram, you definitely be able to see my schedule. I'm also, um, in the process of, uh, you know, just updating my personal website. So that, you know, all my information is going to be up there as well for you to connect with. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll provide the website address. It's actually linked up in my um, Instagram bio. So, you know, if you follow Instagram, you will have access to everything. Great. So again, your Instagram is yoyo.yoga, Y-O-U-Y-O-U dot yoga. So you can, you know, click down below to follow her. We're going to have the show notes. Um, so great. So thank you so much for sharing with us how you started your passion business. You shared so much about Instagram marketing. You should probably even do a course on it and how you, you know, came from, you know, China to the U.S. and was able to, you know, go to Carnegie Hall, you know, go to Rogers, you know, and establish your own successful business. I'm so proud to, you know, see you become such an amazing immigrant CEO. Thank you so much for being on here. And I hope to have you uh, on many episodes to come. Yay. Thank you, Lee. Thank you.